A reading from the Shepherd of Hermas, beginning with the ninth mandate. Mandate 9. And he said to me, Remove from yourself double-mindedness, and be not at all double-minded about asking anything from God, saying in yourself, How can I ask anything from the Lord and receive it, after having sinned so greatly against Him? Do not have these thoughts, but turn to the Lord with all your heart, and ask from Him without doubting, and you shall know His great mercifulness, that He will not desert you but will fulfill the petition of your soul. For God is not as men who bear malice, but is, his, but is himself without malice, and has mercy on that which he made. Therefore, purify your heart from all the vanities of this world, and from the words which were spoken to you beforehand, and ask from the Lord, and you shall receive all things, and shall not fail to obtain any of your petitions. If you ask from the Lord without doubting, but if you doubt in your heart, you shall receive none of your petitions. For those who have doubts towards God, these are the double-minded, and they shall not in any wise obtain any of their petitions. But they who are perfect in faith ask for all things, trusting in the Lord, and they receive them, because they ask without doubting, and are double-minded in nothing. For every double-minded man, unless he repent, shall with difficulty be saved. Therefore purify your heart from double-mindedness, but put on faith, because it is mighty, and believe God that you shall obtain all your requests which you make. And if ever you make any petition from the Lord, and receive it but slowly, do not be double-minded because you have not received the request of your soul speedily? For in every case it is because of some temptation or some transgression of which you are ignorant that you receive your request slowly. Do not therefore cease from making the request of your soul, and you shall receive it. But if you grow weary and are double-minded in your request, blame yourself and not him who gives it to you. Consider this double-mindedness for it is wicked and foolish, and uproots many from the faith. Yes, even those who are very faithful and strong, for this double-mindedness is the daughter of the devil, and commits much wickedness against the servants of God. Despise, therefore, double-mindedness, and master it in every act, putting on the faith which is strong and powerful. For faith promises all things, perfects all things. But the double-mindedness, which has no full faith in itself, fails in all deeds which it undertakes. You see then, said he, that faith is from above, from the Lord, and has great power. But double-mindedness is an earthly spirit, from the devil, and has no power. Do you, therefore, serve the faith which has power, and refrain from the double-mindedness which has no power? and you shall live to God. All who have this mind shall live to God. Mandate 10. Put away, said he, grief from yourself, for this also is a sister of double-mindedness and bitterness. How, sir, I said, is she their sister? For it seems to me that bitterness is one thing and double-mindedness is another and grief another. 
You are foolish, O man, he said, and do not understand that grief is more evil than all the spirits, and is most terrible to the servants of God, and corrupts man beyond all the spirits, and wears out the Holy Spirit and again saves us. Yes, sir, said I. I am a foolish man and do not understand these parables, for how it can wear out and again save, I do not understand. Listen, he said, those who have never inquired concerning the truth, nor made search concerning the Godhead, but only have faith, and are mixed up with business and riches and heathen friendships and many other occupations of this world, such as are intent on these, do not understand the parables of the Godhead. For they are darkened by these deeds, and are corrupted and become sterile. Just as good vineyards, when they meet with neglect, are made barren by the thorns and various weeds, so men who have believed and fall into these many occupations which have been mentioned above are deceived in their understanding, and understand nothing completely about righteousness. But even when they listen concerning the Godhead, and truth, their mind is taken up with their business, and they understand nothing properly. But they who have the fear of God, and inquire concerning the Godhead and truth, and have their heart towards the Lord, perceive quickly, and understand all that is said to them, because they have the fear of the Lord in themselves, from where the Lord dwells, there also is great understanding. Cleave, therefore, to the Lord, and you shall understand and perceive all things. Hear now, said he, foolish man, how grief wears out the Holy Spirit and again brings salvation. When the double-minded undertakes any work and fails in it because of his double-mindedness, this grief enters into the man and grieves the Holy Spirit and wears it out. Then again, when for any matter ill temper cleave to a man and he become exceedingly bitter, again, grief enters into the heart of the ill-tempered man, and he is grieved at the act which he did and repents because he did wickedly. Therefore, this grief seems to bring salvation because he repented of having done wickedly. Therefore both deeds grieve the spirit, double-mindedness, because he did not obtain his purpose, and ill-temper grieves the spirit because he acts wickedly. Both, therefore, are grievous to the Holy Spirit, double-mindedness, and ill-temper. Put, therefore, away from yourself grief, and do not oppress the Holy Spirit which dwells in you, lest it beseech God, and it depart from you. For the Spirit of God, which is given to this flesh, endures neither grief nor oppression. Put on, therefore, joyfulness, which always has favor with God and is acceptable to Him, and flourish in it. For every joyful man does good deeds and has good thoughts and despises grief. But the mournful man always does wickedly. First of all, he does wickedly because he grieves the Holy Spirit, which is given to man in joyfulness. And secondly, he grieves the Holy Spirit by doing wickedly, 
not praying nor confessing to the Lord, for the intercession of the mournful man has nowhere power to ascend to the altar of God. Why, said I, does not the intercession of the mournful man ascend to the altar? Because, said he, grief sits in his heart. Therefore the grief which is mixed with his intercession does not permit the intercession to ascend in purity to the altar. For just as vinegar mixed with wine has not the same agreeableness, so also grief mixed with the Holy Spirit has not the same power of intercession. Therefore purify yourself from this wicked grief, and you shall live to God, and all shall live to God who cast away from themselves grief and put on joyfulness. Mandate 11. He showed me men sitting on a bench, and another man sitting on a chair. And he said to me, Do you see the men sitting on the bench? Yes, sir, said I. I see them. They, said he, are faithful. And he who is sitting on the chair is a false prophet, who is corrupting the understanding of the servants of God. He corrupts the understanding of the double-minded, not of the faithful. Therefore these double-minded men come to him as to a wizard, and ask him concerning their future. And that false prophet, having no power of the, of the divine spirit in himself, speaks with them according to their requests, and according to the desires of their wickedness, and fills their souls as they themselves wish. For he is empty, and makes empty answers to empty men. For whatever question is put... He answers according to the emptiness of the man, but he also speaks some true words. For the devil fills him with his spirit to see if he can break any of the righteous. Therefore, as many as are strong in the faith of the Lord and have put on the truth, do not cleave to such spirits, but refrain from them. But as many as are double-minded and constantly repent, practice soothsaying like the heathen and bring greater shame upon themselves by their idolatry. For he who asks a false prophet concerning any act is an idolater, and empty of the truth, and foolish. For every spirit which is given from God is not asked questions, but has the power of the Godhead, and speaks all things of itself, because it is from above. From the power of the divine spirit, but the spirit which is questioned and speaks according to the lusts of man is earthly and light and has no power. And it does not speak at all unless it be questioned. How then, said I, sir, shall, shall a man know which of them is a true prophet and which is a false prophet? Listen, said he, concerning both the prophets, I shall tell you. So you shall judge the true prophet and the false prophet. Test the man who has the divine spirit by his life. In the first place, he who has the spirit which is from above is meek and gentle and lowly-minded, and refrains from all wickedness and evil desire of this world, and makes himself poorer than all men, and gives no answers to anyone when he is consulted, nor does he speak by himself. For the Holy Spirit does not speak when a man wishes to speak, but he speaks at that time when God wishes him to speak. Therefore, when the man who has the divine spirit comes into a meeting of righteous men who have the faith of the divine spirit, and intercession is made to God from the assembly of those men, 
then the angel of the prophetic spirit rests on him and fills the man. And the man, being filled with the Holy Spirit, speaks to the congregation as the Lord wills. Thus then, the spear of the Godhead will be plain. Such then is the power of the Lord concerning the spirit of the Godhead. Listen now, said he, concerning the spirit which is earthly and empty, and has no power, but is foolish. In the first place, that man who seems to have a spirit exalts himself and wishes to have the first place, and he is instantly impudent and shameless and talkative and lives in great luxury and in many other deceits and accepts rewards for his prophecy. And if he does not receive them, he does not prophesy. Is it then possible for a divine spirit to accept rewards and prophesy? It is not possible for a prophet of God to do this. But the spirit of such prophets is of the earth. Next, on no account does he come near to an assembly of righteous men, but shuns them. But he cleaves to the double-minded and empty, and prophesies to them in a corner, and deceives them by empty speech about everything according to their lusts, for he is also answering the empty. For an empty vessel, which is put with others that are empty, is not broken, but they match one another. But when he comes into a meeting full of righteous men, who have a spirit of the Godhead, and intercession is made by them, that man is made empty, and the earthly spirit flees from him in fear, and that man is made dumb and is altogether broken up, being able to say nothing. For if you stack wine or oil in a cellar, and put among them an empty jar, and again wish to unstack the cellar, the jar which you put in empty, you will find still empty. So also the prophets who are empty, when they come to the spirits of just men, are found out to be such as when they came. You have the life of both the prophets. Test then, from his life and deeds, the man who says that he is inspired. But believe yourself in the spirit which comes from God and has power, but have no faith in the spirit which is from the earth and empty, because there is no power in it, for it comes from the devil. Hear then the parable which I will tell you. Take a stone and throw it up to heaven, and see if you can touch it. Or take a syringe and squirt it towards the sky, and see if you can make a hole in the heavens. How, sir, said I, can these things be? For both these things which you have spoken of are impossible. Even, said he, as these are impossible, so also are the earthly spirits without power and feeble. Take now the power which comes from above, the hail is a very little grain, and when it falls on man's head, how it hurts. Or again, take a drop which falls on the ground from the roof, makes a hole in stone. You see then that the smallest things which come from above and fall on the earth have great power. So also the divine spirit, which comes from above, is powerful. Have faith then in this spirit, but refrain from the other. Thus ends the reading.